I'm Adam Manis. And I'm Peter Martin. And you're listening to the You'll Hear It podcast. Daily jazz advice coming at you. Brought to you by Open Studio. Now, Pete, this isn't our typical uh, intro Some, music. Something sounds different. Something sounds a little different. What's going so, on? Sounds very good. Well, it's Wednesday, so it's Solo Analysis Wednesday. Solo Analysis Hashtag Wednesday. Solo Analysis. Uh, this track seems familiar to it's me. <laughs> <laughs> vaguely familiar. This is, of course, Freddie Freeloader. Uh, we will be expecting the attorneys from the Miles Davis estate and the Bill Evans estate to be at our door by we're, the end of the day. <laughs> we're only going to play 15 seconds. Oh, that's good. That's good. We're sampling. This is a sampling. This is not a play. Uh, no, this is, of course, uh, just the iconic track. We, you know it. You love it, as Christian McBride likes to say. Um, Freddie Freeloader from Kind of Blue. Yep. And um, one of the most beloved blues or otherwise tracks ever. And totally. we're going to analyze... Um, the first solo, I mean, we, we could come back to this one. We'll do it further Wednesdays, but. I mean, you could do it every solo on this track. Yeah, I, I mean, mean, everyone's, everyone's strong, but we're going to hit Wit and Kelly because we're pianists, and it's first. Let's have a listen. Okay. Okay, stop right there. <laughs> Sorry. We're going to be doing a lot of stopping. I know the solo <laughs> well. Okay. What Jimmy Cobb does there, it's it, so it, it good. was like, I mean, stop. That hi-hat stick on the high. What do you call that? Um, it's like the hi-hat's going in while you're hitting it. Whatever that is. Yeah, yeah. Man, and it, it's, it's the technique of that, but the timing of it. What he did to set off the solo. Like, I mean, he, it's like he gave him... It's like he came to the studio and was like, here, Winton Kelly, here's half a million dollars I'd like to give you. Yeah. <laughs> no, there's, it's hard not to swing and come out of the gate. Oh, man. You know. I mean, it's almost like if you listen to what he played later and then came back and said, I'm going to program in the perfect thing at the perfect time, that's what you would do. But to be able to do that at the beginning, and I mean, what a lesson out there for you drummers is like, I mean, big fills and everything, that's fine. But yeah. that, that one place... And you're like, and he's coming out of what the vibe of the tune totally. is at that point. And he doesn't know, like, we know what Wynton Kelly's going to play because we've listened to it a thousand times yeah. now. Yeah, yeah. But he didn't know. So, like, he, that's truly a setup, like, in a big band. But he's doing it for the vibe of the tune. Hey, by the way, go see Jimmy Cobb. Exactly. Jimmy Cobb's still out there playing. Still I saw out there him playing. This year. Yeah. That's and he right. sounds right around the corner. Great, man. He, he sounds still incredible. Swinging? I saw yeah. him two nights in a row, two sets a night, strong both nights. Awesome. Over 90, right? Yeah, go see Jimmy man. Cobb while you still he's can. He's the man. He's yeah, the man. For sure. He's actually the only... Uh, that's true. He's uh, the only one, one from this album that's still alive. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Here we go. Hmm. Okay, I, I'm going to stop there. Yeah, yeah. That first four bars, that's... That's all one phrase that he's yep. this call and response phrase. Brilliant way yeah. to start. I mean, the architecture of this solo is is darn near perfect, if not perfect, you know. Um, and it, but it feels so spontaneous. But I really think that hi hat. I don't think I, I don't think Winton Kelly would have played what he did. He would have played something good. Yeah. But like that really set him. I mean, they were swinging so hard anyway. You know, we talked about in our, in our things we went from a drummer episode that yeah. marking, to, uh, marking the form. Yeah. How important that is, the setups of marking four for drummers, and how it can really help the rest of the band play the tune, like the tune just plays itself. Yeah. And when I, I, I agree with you, you hear someone do that at the right, right time. Yeah. You know. And, and look, don't, now drummers, don't run out there and try to do it exactly what he did. Yeah. No, it's all about what's happening. Yeah. Because yeah. it's, it's just, it's reacting to the moment, kind of thinking about what's going to happen. Yeah. Knowing the players, knowing the vibe. Yeah. I mean, but look, the horns are just like, 
really setting the tone too. I don't want to say it's just Jimmy. I mean, the whole thing and they're PC right. is just they're swinging. Okay. Yeah, right. they're all right. right. Let's keep going. And I would just say, you know, like for pianists out there, check out, if you transcribe this solo, um, and I think we have, I think I, I did a transcription on this a while ago, and it may be on YouTube, but it's, 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 it's really important, like this is a great, simple solo that's learnable by any functioning jazz pianist, yep. but what you want to get is the detail, so check out when he plays octaves versus single notes, yeah. because he varies it in a way that there's a lot of inner logic there. Um, and I don't have time in, in this to go totally into it, but just, I would just say, really check that doom, like how he goes in and out of that and how that affects the phrasing. Because it's such a great, you know, thing that we have in our arsenal as pianists. Yeah, I agree. Here's that part again. Yeah. That's the first place he goes into octaves. And then he comes out of it. You know? There he is again. Dynamics. Hello, pianists. Can we can we can we get a little dynamics in the house? First use of the sixteenth notes, I think. Back to the swinging eighth. A little double stop action. A flat seven. What? Ah, oh, Jimmy Cobb. God bless Jimmy Cobb. <laughs> I mean, just like. And then Winton Kelly, he's not like it's my solo. He, he just falls right into it. He's like, thank you. Thank you, Jimmy. Oh, structure. A little block chord action right at the right time. Triplets. Sharp 11. Blues. Bring it back. He knows the soul is coming to a close. And I think what happened there was Miles was like going up towards the mic. Because like Winton Kelly could have kept going. Yeah, yeah. And you know with Miles, this is always a thing with him like when he was going to come in. But there was a moment that you can hear that Winton Kelly kind of starts to break things down. Yeah. You know, structure architecture of the soul like always know having an innate feel for that because he knows miles is going to come in abruptly which is such a great thing and so he structures the, that last four bars of his solo in a way that he's almost imagining how it's going to be i don't even want to say cut off in a negative way because it works really well the way they actually did this and you saw miles do this you know through similar repertoire through several different bands and rhythm sections you know what's always caught my ear with this solo amongst so many great things about it but um this was critical for me at a point in my development for phrasing um mm -hmm. because i was at a point where you know when you're learning like what scales arpeggios go over what chord i think some people become reactionary and so like you wait for the chord change and then you play you know so i had some bebop language but everything was starting on like the end of one or two and when I, I remember very distinctly learning this solo and being like he is aiming every phrase starting at one of a four bar phrase mm -hmm. you know what I mean like it's so but you know like everything starts wh whatever the phrase is in the solo they usually all start on the one of a four bar section right right and I, I remember being just you know like yeah. oh and it when you start doing that everything locks in becomes stronger yeah. Uh, 
people start clapping. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it starts making sense. It starts making sense. Well, it's like you're building, you know, it's like an architect building a house or, or a commercial building. Right. And, you know, you can, yeah, you can hide the door. But if it's a place you want people to come in and they're like, where's the door? Is that a window? Yeah. Then, but then you can also just make it beautiful, make it right there. Yeah. And give them that entree point into, into the solo. And I think Wynton Kelly did such a good job. I mean, there's so much symmetry there, but, but his, the, the phrasing and articulation of, of his swing and the way that he plays at this tempo is so strong that I think it enables him to play in this very simple way in terms of where he's starting the phrases and yeah, how he's yeah. laying it out. And then the few times when he varies from that, it he can use that as a structural element right. so easily. Yeah, he doesn't do it every single time, but you can hear it if we'll listen to it from it. Yeah, it's leading there. Those little leading in phrases there. Yep. Everything points towards the one. Ooh, there, he just just kind of lets it lay a little bit. It's another four bars. Uh-huh. You know, everything is. Yep. The four bars. Yep. There's a big swing going on, like every four beats. Boom. There's a lot of swing. There's a lot of swing going on. <laughs> lay back, a little lay back action. In the cut. Man, yeah, Jimmy Cobb again. I, mean, I know every setup for Jimmy. And yeah. That, yeah, he did the exact right thing for Miles. I know. Intro, you know. I know. Like, this is a, it's a good way to keep a gig, I guess. <laughs> Play the right stuff. That's right. <laughs> well, that's uh, that's a masterpiece, and uh, you know, if for for pianists, I would say it's a masterpiece a lot- in a minute and fifteen seconds. Yeah, it's yeah. four courses. Yeah, right? yeah, yeah. I mean, it's it's just like he says everything perfect length, perfect. But I mean, Wynn Kelly was kind of known for this. This was not like this may be his greatest solo, um, but. He was very, uh, very good about the length of his souls, the architecture, the structure, certainly the swing, the phrasing. That was something that that was really in his wheelhouse. But I would just say for pianists, definitely uh, this is a this is a learnable solo. Yeah. But don't just feel like you got the notes. Get the articulation, all the stuff we've talked about in the transcription episodes. Yeah, yeah. You know, to reiterate that stuff that we talked about. You know, get your setup going at your piano or your keyboard to where you actually have physical speakers and you yeah. can turn it up and you can feel like you're inside the space with the musicians. Play along. It's a nice place to be. Really try to mimic not just the notes, but the way he phrases, the way he feels. That's going to be as big of a a learning experience as like learning what notes he's playing. And I think this is a great solo I recommend all the time for horn players. Totally. um, For bass players. Totally. Christian McBride was in here playing it, remember? Yeah, yeah. Christian McBride was playing more horn solos and piano solos than he was bass solos. It's ridiculous. Yeah. But yeah, this is a great way... um, you know, the phrasing is in some ways very specific to piano in terms of how we, you know, technically articulate the notes. Yeah, there's those octaves and double stops that yeah. are just kind of like licky things that we yeah. can do. Yeah, but in yeah. terms of like the accents, the length of notes, all that stuff is, is, is the same kind of things as pianists that we get from learning a trumpet solo or a Absolutely. saxophone solo. It's great. And it's a great way to kind of diversify your playing and, and your phrasing. So. Man, I love the Wednesday breakdowns. These are great. Man, we, we're analyzing, yeah, solo analysis, solo breakdown, man. It's, I'm, I'm all about Wednesday. Hell yeah. I'm going to miss you till next Wednesday. <laughs> well, 
You'll hear it until then. That's right. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so, yeah. Yeah, you'll hear it.com for any uh, questions or comments. Uh, you can buy a You'll Hear It t-shirt there right. if, uh, if you like what you see. My birthday's coming up, if anyone... Well, actually, it was two weeks ago, so it's coming up next year. Hopefully, I'll get one before then, though. <laughs> you know. And, uh, yeah, leave us a rating and review on iTunes. Yeah, and you know what? We're, we're actually... Exp- um, you probably don't even... You know, I like to surprise you on the show. No edits. <laughs> hashtag no edits. Yeah, yeah. Uh, got a couple hashtag. Hashtag plant-based diet. I'm thinking about doing that. That's a little side oh, note. Oh, you're going in. I'm, I think so. La- yesterday, well, many days, you know, everyone in my house is vegetarian. Oh, right, we got to go to Max before. Okay. <laughs> Big shout out, Max. <laughs> um, but uh, hashtag plant-based. But... Um, <laughs> no, we're, we're thinking about taking on, we've had some inquiries about sponsors here. Of okay. course, our, our, our lead sponsor is Open Studio, Open Studio here. Shout out to YouTube. Um, but we're, we, we, wait, is YouTube going to sponsor? Oh, no, no. I was just shouting out. We're on YouTube. Okay, okay. <laughs> no, I mean, we're, we're cool with that. <laughs> What's up, Google? That's right. Um, but here I happen to be, I don't have any iced coffee because you forgot about me today, but I've got, this is one of my uh, birthday gifts. I don't oh, know nice. Seen this. It's a Nalgene or is that a Nalgene? I don't know. I don't Water know. bottle. Is that Japanese? I don't know. I don't know anything about it, but maybe they'd like to sponsor. It looks nice. Yeah. yeah. It's uh, environmentally friendly. Plant-based entirely. It's great, man. It is plastic, but hey, it's all good. (laughs) Well, until tomorrow. You'll hear it.